You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 71. It dawns on me that there are uh, two types of people that are listening to this. You categorize listeners in two different sets of circumstances. One is people are going to listen to this in the fall of 2015, sometime 2016, 2017, and it just goes right down through the series, right? 70, 71, 72, etc., right on up the line. But some of you are following this series, which I greatly appreciate, but also understand that sometimes there are these gaps between when 70 is released and 71 is released. And I apologize for those, but for most of the last five weeks, I've been living out of a suitcase and not on recreational travel. These have been business trips, and like the last two weeks... Wonderful. Had a great time. Really enjoyed what I was doing. But the days were just so incredibly long and they both extended into the weekend. So hence the delay. My apologies. But all things work together just fine because during the process of uh, the travel of the last couple of weeks, I was able to really grab some quiet, actually driving windshield time. And I'll tell you in just a minute what I did with that time. I listened to an audiobook. Could you <laughs> could you imagine which one it would be? I'll let you guess while I tell you that for the next couple of weekends, June is a just a crazy travel month. I'm going to be out of town. Now I can try to pack the um I can try to pack the portable mic. There's another overseas trip coming, and sometimes that packing gets really tight. But if I can throw it in, I will throw in the portable mic and I will try to check in with you. But I'm going to be uh, out of town over the next three weekends. So we'll catch up on that. Uh, Just bear with me. There are going to be some really uh, cool moments during that time. I'm going to go up to Canada for one of those and reconnect with a guy who was my best friend in high school. You know, it's, it's kind of reflective here. It's hitting me that there are two people, I think. Two people on the earth that I'm in contact with. Now, there would be a few others, certainly a few others, but these two primary people that I keep in contact on a regular basis who knew me back then. You know, maybe it would be interesting to do a little interview with my buddy Jerry and let him tell you some stories. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do that. But also, at the end of the month, now this will be the uh, right toward the first weekend of July. If everything continues to unfold, I'm going to have some very exciting news. And you know kind of one of the parameters, one of the uh, unwritten rules around here is you don't talk about what you're manifesting until it manifests. You don't disclose it publicly. But I'm just going to tell you that hopefully around the first weekend of July, it's moved that far that we have a target date and it should be around that time that I have some very exciting news that I'll be sharing with you. It's good. It's a good thing. It's all good. It's really a manifestation of something that I started creating and working on about two or three years ago. So we'll talk about that when it happens, kind of in that context. But right now, I want to talk about what I uh, I stumbled across. And this was one of the reasons for the delay, because I came across this a couple of weeks ago. And this podcast is going to require some production that I just... It was harder to do on the laptop, and certainly the time windows weren't there. And I wanted to wait until I got back in the home base at the studio where I could really do this justice. 
So one of the trips was out to West Texas. Now, what's in West Texas, you're asking? Well, there's not much. There are some rattlesnakes. Didn't see any of those in the wild. But there are also oil wells. And I was doing some work around some oil wells in West Texas over the last couple of weeks. And it's about a four-and-a-half to five-hour drive from Dallas to where I was going, and then back and forth, in and out from kind of the home base where there's a nice hotel. It was an hour, about an hour to the oil well each day. So when I knew what was ahead and how much time that was going to entail driving, the audiobook Parallel Universes of Self, I think, is about 14 hours, if I recall. And I figured between the two trips that I could probably get the whole thing listened to. Well, I was wrong. Started in on it, and I think I have nine hours to go. (laughs) I think I only got of all that driving. And the reason was, is I decided that I wasn't going to listen to it passively. So in other words, not just put it on and let it go, and then your mind's wandering all over the place and you don't get it. So that time that I spent listening to it was time spent listening and digesting, really active listening. And even though I read the book and studied the material to capture it, to try to communicate it through the uh, reading of the audio, you just get a different perspective when you step back away from all of that and listen to it again. For one thing, it's hard to listen to yourself do an audiobook because you're always listening and critiquing your own performance. But setting that piece aside, I've really gotten connected with the book in a totally different way. And there was this one piece that surfaced from the first week of driving that has really stayed with me and has had a tremendous impact over the last two weeks. So this is what I want to share. If you already have the audiobook, this comes from chapter five of the book, which I know is a different scale from Audible. I think it's chapter eight or nine. It's the one that's an hour and 45 minutes. But, but in the book, it's chapter five, and it's where Fred introduces the pure technique. Now, the pure technique is how he says is the fastest way to enter into the parallel universe is to shift your reality and to manifest something in your life. Then a lot of the book after that is reiterations of the pure technique. He's saying if you just take one thing out of the book, it would be that. So chapter five is really the most important chapter of the whole book, I think, from a pinnacle foundation standpoint. And like I said, it's an hour and 45 minutes, so it's uh, he elaborates on the points of the pure technique and kind of moves the camera around this process in a full 360. And one thing I realized in listening to this about myself is that I've always been a pretty good manifester. I never really knew it or understood it, but have always been able to draw things into my life that I was focusing on or things that I was very much in love with on a soul level. Basically, trace that all the way back to the high school and college years, even though I didn't know what it was at that point from a spiritual perspective and spiritually was following a different teaching. This was still happening. Why? Well, it's obvious because it's a universal principle. And you remember from the previous podcast, when I started searching for answers to these questions of life that were unanswered, I wanted to find something that was as universally consistent as gravity. So here are these things as I look back and and realize that things were coming into my life. I was drawing things in exactly as I wanted, really. I just didn't realize it. Well, these principles work. I mean, if you drop a penny off out of a window and you don't think about it, 
it's still going to fall because it's a universal concept of gravity. I mean, you'll never beat it. Well, you'll never beat these principles. And that's what's so exciting about this material. I love this. Okay, so we're into chapter five. And if you want to go sync up to where I am here, it's about one hour, 18 minutes into chapter five. Now, again, the audible connection, I think it's chapter eight or nine, but it's the one where we say chapter five, and it's one where he introduces the pure technique. If you have not purchased the audiobook or the book, doesn't matter, either one, but if you have not purchased, what we're talking about here is Parallel Universes of Self, written by Fred Dodson. And you've seen or heard the interview that I did in a previous podcast with Fred mention it in several of the uh, of the podcasts. And I think if you look at the comments on Amazon about Parallel Universes of Self, you'll see the same thread that I'm on here is that this is a book that touches people on a completely different level than anything that you've read before. Fred has a grasp of this material that is unique, and this book is, uh, if you have come up from any kind of traditional background, you have not been exposed to this perspective. So if you really want to stretch your muscles here and grasp something that you haven't uh, experienced before and awaken to some new understandings, parallel universes of self. And that's what we're talking about. And I'm going to play about mm, six minutes of the book here. And I'm going to stop it in between. This is the cool thing about doing it on the podcast is I can stop it and comment on it. But this section that we're going to play is where Fred begins to address our identity. In other words, who we see ourselves as. Because who we see ourselves as flows so much of what you're creating right now. Remember, what you're creating today, in other words, these things that you're incubating in your mind, in your thoughts, in your soul, is what your tomorrow is going to be like. Of course, I use tomorrow broadly. It's what next month, next year, the next five years of your life is going to look like flows out of how you see yourself right now, today. So if you see yourself as a failure, you'll generally create failure. I think, you know, one of my biggest ones was disappointment. It's from that pastor who told me that I was his biggest disappointment. So my identity became disappointment, and I started to unfold being disappointment to other people. For whatever reason, where I was in my life when he said that was too far too subject to other people's perspective and, and what other people thought about me. But when he said that, instead of saying, hmm, thank you for sharing— or maybe saying something a little bit more graphic than that, um, I adopted what he said, started living it out. So, I, I mean, in just that instant, I could have shook it off and just dismissed it as a delusional opinion, or I could have adopted it. I could have put it on and owned it. Well, I chose the latter, and it unfolded poorly. Now, let's just take a step back, because I'm dropping you in here at the about two-thirds of the way through Chapter 5. And But we're going to listen to these steps that Fred goes through about changing, about, first of all, identifying and then changing your current identity. So taking a step back, the key points of parallel universes of self are that as infinite beings, we have a multitude of realities that we can experience, hence the term parallel. 
And I'll just let you get the book or the audio book to unfold that. But there are new discoveries in quantum physics that are confirming this more and more every day. We're learning so much more information about about these worlds and these realms that we thought we were unidimensional and we're really not. Another key theme of parallel universes of self is that reality creation flows from what we become inside. It's not outside of us. And Fred spends a lot of time emphasizing that it's not outside you. It's inside. And people want to make money off of you by pulling you back outside of yourself. Because if all the answers are within, then what do you need to buy stuff for? And it's really the quicker you'll get that. You, you pay money to learn that one thing right there. The answers are within. The, the better you can tune in. One of the problems we talk about, and I, I will discuss this in just a second, is that we have too much noise going on and it's too difficult for us to get inside. So we go outside because that's where all the activity is. But your inner guidance, your inner self, your higher purpose, your soul's journey are all wrapped up inside you. And that's the cool part. The thing is, is we've piled these layers and layers and layers of crud on top of that original purity in doing this thing called life. So it's who you are inside and what flows from you from the inside that creates your reality. Fred says this in, in Parallel Universes of Self several times. Here's the statement. It's great. The mirror won't smile before you smile. So many of us want to create realities that we are simply not. If you are frowning in the mirror, but looking in the mirror, expecting it to be radiantly glowing, you will always be disappointed. So that's the thing. You have to act rich before you're rich. You have to act in love before you get a great relationship. You have to Act physically fit before your body seems to match that. You have to create that in your mind. You have to smile, and then the mirror will smile back. Don't expect the mirror to reflect something that you are not. So that's where we're going when we start to talk now about this process of identifying and changing your identity. And another key theme of the book is that you, your soul's journey, your higher path, you know, I know we spend a lot of time wondering, are we doing the right thing? Well, how you know you are following your soul's purpose will show up for you in several things. Joy, love, and ease. So as Fred says, it's easier to make money when you do something that you love, when it's flowing out of your heart and you're doing it just because you would get up every morning and do that anyway, whether you got paid a dime that's when the money will start to appear. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Seek the higher kingdom, and the earthly things will take care of themselves. If you hate what you were doing, which is what I did a couple of years ago when, you, when this podcast originated, if you go back and listen to the tone of those podcasts versus the tone of these podcasts, there's a shift. There's a dramatic shift. People have pointed that out to me. Yeah, it's called the journey of finding, of reconnecting to your soul's higher purpose. And when you do, things are going to flow easier and better. So if you don't love something that's in front of you, if it's not bringing joy, and if it's not relatively easy, then it's time to get quiet and go inside 
and start to listen. And that's one of the points. That's what chapter 5 is about, is walking you through some ways to do that. But you hear divine guidance in silence. And we have so many distractions in today's environment. I mean, you can't hardly walk any place indoors in public that there's not a speaker blaring something at you, whether it's at an airport and it's CNN headline airport news, or if it's a restaurant, there's always music on. Even now, if it's Whataburger or Burger King or something, you walk in and there's music playing. And of course, uh, look at the uh, app store of your phone and you'll see what the most popular apps are. It's all games. It's toys. It's adult toys that make noise. And what do we do after work? We go to a restaurant where the noise level is louder than that of a jet engine taking off. And what do we do there? We yell at each other because the noise is so loud that we can't hear unless we yell. And then you factor in the cell phones and the texts and the emails and the social media. See, all of this, all of this takes us outside ourselves. It's the quiet times where we get our inspiration, where we hear from our soul, where we get our direction and our guidance. So I would encourage you to find yourself some quiet time during the day, during the week. This little town where I was staging uh, for this uh, event these last two weeks doesn't have any neon stores. It has a Walmart. That's the only thing. It has a big Walmart and a grocery store. But there are no neon chain restaurants and places and all. And, you know, there's such a purity in that. I enjoyed the energy of the little small town. And when I drove back to Dallas day before yesterday, it's just kind of like, ugh, because the traffic and the construction and, the, you know, just all the noise, all the things that get you outside yourself. That's why I love to go to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And there's a place there, if you ever go, called the Blue Hole. And it is. It's a, um, it's a 500-foot deep natural spring maybe about 10 miles outside of town, and they've turned it into a meditation garden. That's what I'm talking about. Just the serenity of being quiet and being vulnerable to go inside. But it's there in those quiet times that we get our inspiration, that we hear from our soul, and that we get our direction and guidance. And one more point, and we have to move on, but this is why I like Kelly Howell's BrainSync audio meditations so well, because it doesn't matter. If you're walking through an airport, and I guarantee if you catch me walking through an airport, I will have headphones on probably, and probably will have them turned on to one of Kelly Howell's meditations, because it's just a way to get you centered in the midst of all the chaos. And even on an airline flight, you can have a few moments of meditative quiet. You say, but you're listening to something. I know, but it's what it is, is it's a way because those meditations bring you back inside. So it's a way to be amidst the noise. It's going to be noisy anyway. You're going to hear the noise. So you might as well do something that will channel you back inside. That's the point. Now, back to parallel universes of self. So what we're targeting here is who you really are. And I got to tell you, the scales fell off for me during this exercise It boiled down to the key motivators of my life. And what's surprising is through all this work that I've been doing over these years, I realized that these identities were still steering the ship today. So really, it's not, it doesn't matter whatever level you're on, whether you're a beginner or you've been doing this for a long time. 
Let's take some time to get in touch with today's identity. And the intention of this podcast is that you will get the same clarity by going through this that I did. So we're going to join the audio now from Parallel Universes of Self. It's going to sound very similar to me. <laughs> but Seriously. But unlike the audio book, there are a couple of points that I'm going to stop and make some comments on. So like I said, we're joining about two-thirds of the way into Chapter 5, Fred Dodson, Parallel Universes of Self where he is listing out four steps. Really, there are five, but we have to leave one for some suspense. But four steps that we're going to play here that will help you identify and create a new identity of who you think you are, how you see yourself, and how to change it. By the way, you'll find out as you go through this that a lot of how you see yourself and this being that you've become is mostly made up. So get a pen, get your journal, find some quiet, and let's roll up our sleeves and get dirty here, delving into your identity. Here are some steps. First, define your old role. Your old role will contain some aspect you like and may even keep, and some you no longer prefer. Every self-definition begins with, I am. So if someone asks you to define your gender, you'd write, I am a woman or I am a man. So think about this list to define some of the I am's that you would be. Items, of course, that do not apply can be skipped. Gender, nationality, hair color, looks, weight, profession, friends, success, home, car, typical emotions, clothes or fashion, favorite food, favorite color, your voice, body posture, body movements, sports, walking style, tone of voice, your body or your health, spirituality, sexuality, status, handling problems, communication, speed of talking, interests, sexual preference, abilities, ownership, money, towards children, towards colleagues, towards men, towards women, towards customers, as a man, as a woman, Towards authorities, activities, personality, talents, something good about me, something bad about me, and others. If you work through each of these, then you've completed quite an interesting list about yourself. Your self-definitions are the prime source of what you experience in life, even more than your secondary beliefs and behaviors. If you define yourself as someone who is talented, then you will attract events and people in which you can express your talent. If you have defined yourself as having little or no value, you will attract events that prove what a failure you are and will be abused from all sides. See, that's exactly what I was saying in the setup here. Did you get that point? You will attract into your life those things that match your identity. And that's why I think this exercise is so important. It's why I wanted to lift it out of Chapter 5 and just set it into a podcast so that you could get not only what this book will do for you, but that you are operating right now out of your identity. Let's go on. If you have some extra time on your hands, you may want to try out the following additional exercise and ask yourself if the aspects of your identity, consisting of habits and beliefs, came about through free choice or to resist something 
such as, I am someone with long hair as a rebellion toward my parents, or to fulfill somebody else's expectation, such as, I am skinny so that men will like me. In doing this little experiment, you will find out what is or was truly you, your free choice, and what is really not you, the identity assumed by an apparent outside pressure. Of course, after realizing this, you are free to let go of what you once freely chose, and you are also free to freely choose something that was formerly bestowed upon you. You might want to stay skinny, for example. All right, now, I'm going to really encourage you. Don't go forward on this until you've done step number one. Get your journal, get a pen, get quiet, go through it. Now, you don't have to do all those categories. I didn't. I was driving, and I kind of sketched this out um, just on a piece of scratch paper as I was driving and then transferred it into my journal, and then I'll tell you I went even further, one step further, and I'll tell you about that at the end. But please, seriously, take this as an active exercise and at least identify how you see yourself. Now, you might want to extrude that out. I did for uh, how I saw myself in the workplace, how I saw myself for other men, for other women, um, for my kids, for my family, and just some various areas like that. But you don't have to go through all of those categories that Fred just listed, but go through some of them and at least catch the essence of what's driving your identity. Then, after you've done that, here's step number two. Step two, define the new role. Okay, this is the fun part in which you will start touching on alternate realities. Use the list you made in defining your old role to define your new role, who you would like to be from now on, and get specific about it. Which role do you want to play in the movie of life? Who do you want to be in all its delicious subtlety and detail? Here's a hint. You might want to intentionally add a few bad sides or quirks in order to invoke the reality with more realism or fun. Okay, me again. Now, look, that went by pretty fast, but this is where I really spent the most time. If you think about it, how are you going to create a new identity? You know, I've talked about this before. If you get stuck and have no place else to go, capture your old identity and then take the opposite perspective. It goes back to my little silly analogy of the Seinfeld George Do the Opposite show. So for a couple of mine, I spent time looking up the definition of opposites. I'll tell you what mine are at the end. I don't want you to get bogged down with that right now. This is about you. But spend some quality time, really invest in yourself to create these new identities. Okay, here we go. Next. Number three, props. Some will have an easier time accepting a new role if they surround themselves with certain props. Props are objects used in film and theaters as a scenario or background to a character. Props can comprise of objects, places, circumstances, clothing, jewelry, movements, favorite things, typical mottos and statements, rituals and symbols, and anything else that reminds the self of the new role. In this step, enjoy making a list of props that fit to the new identity, ones that your old identity didn't have. The aim here is to purchase things or go to places that symbolize the new reality. Stop! <laughs> you know I got to come in on this one because this goes back to the mirror thing I was talking about. You have to step into the reality before the mirror will smile at you. 
you've heard people say to put a $100 bill in the area where or whatever your currency is. There are people listening to this all over the world. A 100 pounds or 100 Australian dollars, it doesn't matter. But put that in your where you keep your money so that you see it and you feel more wealthy. Like there are five of those or 10 of those just casually sitting in your wallet. Like that amount of money is no big deal. I've been correlating money to paper clips just to give it less significance and less importance. So, you know, well, there's somebody that has a lot of paper clips. Okay, so what? Oh, this item is going to cost a few more paper clips than that. So it's like, you know, you got a big pile of paper clips. Would you be emotionally attached to paper clips? No. But we get emotionally attached to money. So use this props. This is a brilliant exercise right here to think of things that you could bring into your life that would help stage you toward the reality that you want to achieve. Okay, got it? Now, here's the last point. Number four, practicing the role. As it's been up to now, or what reality has been up to now, gets its power and energy by habitual routine behaviors and thoughts where you act as if you had no control over them. It appears that it's somehow easier to follow the routine ways of acting and thinking, but that's not really true, no matter how often you convince yourself of it. Our play shop proceeds by taking the behaviors that are on automatic and belonging to the old identity into conscious awareness and then teaching the self what it means to be the new identity. We do this by alternating back and forth between the old and new identities intentionally until we gain conscious control of both sides. Here's the process. First, intentionally behave like your old role. Then, intentionally behave like your new role. Then, alternate both roles back and forth until you feel you exercise enjoyment and control of both. And until there is no doubt that consciousness understands the difference between them. Here are some examples. You walk the way your old identity would walk. Then you walk the way your new identity would walk. You shift back and forth between the two. Or you deliberately go to a place your old identity would go. Then you deliberately go to a place your new identity would go. And then you shift between the two. You intentionally respond to fear the way your old self would do. And then you deliberately respond to fear the way your new self would do. Here's a little secret. Unwanted behaviors that you create intentionally and consciously eventually come under your full conscious control. Why? Because what you create intentionally, you can also release intentionally. You can make yourself source or cause of the behavior, rather than watching it as it comes up automatically. This makes it easier to allow the new identity. Now, i got to tell you, I got so... that We're back to the podcast now. We're off of the audiobook. I got so serious about this that I, I started a Google spreadsheet and actually mapped this out so that I could see the old identity and the newly created identity side by side. I know you're wondering, so what was on there? Well, just a couple of things. I was mostly driven by fear. That's no surprise if you've listened to this podcast. Still driven by fear. Not to the level but it's still there, and it's a driving force, and that's the point through all of this. What's driving you? The second was a desperate need for approval and validation, and those things are still driving my behavior literally every day. So I created new identities 
of operating out of love, humility, and being fully self-expressed. But as you heard in step one, I went through all those various areas of my life and applied it to what it looked like across the full spectrum of how I do things. Yours will be your own, but take this exercise all the way for yourself and dig down really deep. Do the work. How you view yourself is driving how you are living your life. The answers are within you, as we've said, is a major theme of the book. So happy digging. Go inside, not outside. And if you have a breakthrough, if something really cool shows up for you, send me an email. I'd love to hear about it. Thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com or the comment box on the website, which is, of course, subconsciousmindmastery.com. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you really, truly a great dive inside and to celebrate your new identity. And along the way, enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.